This is the Terra Incognita podcast by Terra Incognita Media. Hey, everybody. This is, uh, yeah, you guessed it. It's Erin. <laughs> Who else? Um, I am reporting today from the Buttermilks in Bishop, and ants are crawling all over me. I am sitting on a crash pad next to some water, so it's really nice. It's extremely relaxing, despite all of the ants. Um, but yeah, I'm watching the sunset over Mount Tom right now. And um, welcome to another episode of the Terra Incognita podcast. A few announcements before we start. We need editors and contributors and friends who know about intersectional feminism and who want to talk about it all day, all day. Because we still need all those things. Um, Yeah. And if anyone knows anything about editing podcasts or recording them, this thing took me about 10 or 15 or something ridiculous, how many, 15 hours or something to do this episode. And I'm sure there's a way better, more streamlined version. So if you have any thoughts about that, please let me know. I would love to give a shout out to Grace Isabel, who's our social media manager. She does an amazing job with our Instagram and our online presence, and I just love her so much, and all of her posts are so thoughtful. So if you do like a post, know that it's coming from Grace, and she's amazing. She is an artist, and her paintings are wonderful to look at they're just gorgeous and she's extremely talented so you should totally check out her work um her paintings were just published um as a pairing with one of our essays that just went up online so you can check out her work there and then you can also see her work on grace isabel is an artist.com and then I want to give a shout out to Sienna Shepard, who is our creative director. Right now, she is in India doing an internship for sustainable fashion. So she is an incredibly inspiring, ultra badass person who um, has contributed immensely to Terra Incognita. So I just want to give her a shout out. And then Sarah Aranda and Astra Taylor are two of our newest contributing writers. So you don't want to miss their essays, which are online right now. So you should go on right after you listen to this episode. If you love Terra Incognita, please help us spread the word. We need all the love that we can get. Um, Please like us on Facebook and Instagram and all that jazz. And if you're ever in Bishop, we can... I would love to get a milkshake with you at the Burger Barn or we can get a coffee at Black Sheep. Those are pretty much the places that I'm at all the time. Um, I wish I was climbing. (laughs) So in this episode, I get to talk to a mind-blowing entrepreneur. His name is Anaya Zeed, a filmmaker based in Boulder, Colorado. And right now, Anaya is gearing up to spend two weeks in Olympic National Park with Namaste and Keelan, two hip-hop artists from Atlanta, Georgia. This project is called Exposure, and I thought it would be cool to merge two things that have never been merged before, hip-hop and the outdoors. Now that's what I'm talking about. So all three young men are 19 and have an affinity for the outdoors, and they hope that this film will encourage more multicultural urban youth to get outside. They're only 19. I mean, I don't even want to tell you what I was doing at 19. Okay, I'll tell you. I was transitioning from pink high heels to Beatles t-shirts, but anyways, that's enough of that. So the following is a conversation between me and Anai about his relationship with the outdoors and why he wants to share it. You know, I love, I, I actually spent some time um, like on the border of Nevada, I think, I think it was the border of Nevada or like Arizona, one of those, but um, I spent some time out there uh, when this past summer and it was, we're on a road trip and it was one of the coolest things. I, I, I really liked camping out there just because how like barren everything was everything it was like pretty i don't know it looked very like extreme and like isolated but um yeah i do kind of like it out there when i was out there i remember just like the kind of the excitement of just being so i guess like like exposed right it was just we, we camped out and like we just kind of drove off the highway it was a pretty i don't know where we were but it was like pretty empty yeah. so we drove off the highway and we just drove like into this like it wasn't even a field because it was just gravel there was no like plants we just mm-hmm. drove into it for, for a few miles and then camped out at this like you know 
just like the barrenness. Did you guys, like, what made you settle on Olympic National Park? So I actually called Namaste, the hip-hop artist. I was like, you know, we can only go to one place. Where do you want to go? And he said almost immediately, Washington. <laughs> and, you know, I was implying Colorado or California. He was like, I want to go to Washington. So um, it was at the time I had, like, done no research on Washington. So I had to, like, look it up. And uh-huh. the first place I actually saw was uh, Cascades National Park. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. It's like an isolated spot. Um, but then I found out they had grizzly bears and wolves, which are two things which are great, but I don't have experience with. Right. I don't want to take them out into the environment where I didn't have the experience. Um, right. Then I just kept looking, and I found Olympic National Park, which, you know, in the original plan, we really wanted to capture the alpine, the desert, and the coast. Um and I found out Olympic National Park, Park had, like, the beautiful alpine and the beautiful coastline. You shouldn't have the desert, but you could work yeah. around that. But, yeah, that's how we – it was actually Namaste's idea. It was, like, you know, he's he's actually seen these mountains before, like, been inspired by them. And, like, since he was a kid, he's, he's like, seen these and always wanted to get to them. So, like, the first pretty much, you know, opportunity he had, he was like, I want to go to Washington. So that's really cool. I'm I'm glad that – you guys chose that area because I think it'll be, it'll be really awesome. You know, one of the, we've planned this, you know, this trip out for a few months. So we had a lot, a lot of different plans. That that last one that I just told you was actually one of the final ones. Um, but earlier than that, a plan was to actually, you know, we started off kind of romantic, kind of like, kind of like, like, you know, this wouldn't be achievable, but we wanted to do it anyway. But we wanted to drive to pretty much every national national park in the in the US and spend some days there. So it would really just be doing zigzags across the whole continent, uh <laughs> trying to catch yeah. any national park. And then we really wanted to uh, spend some time in Oregon because the coastline was so pretty to me that I wanted to spend some time there. So that's that's actually the plan was to, you know, we're gonna do this project for like three months. Um but obviously that that we have to cut that down. <laughs> where we're at now. So how did you meet Namaste and then how did this whole thing come about? So, you know, so I grew up in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I, so Namaste and I actually went to the same middle school at the same time. Well, we didn't know each other, but we went to the same middle school at the same time. Wow. So yeah, that, that is, I guess, I don't know, I don't, you know, really know how he got in contact with me while I was here. Um, I was doing a lot of photography here uh, in Boulder. This is like, you know, last mess. So like in like October, November time, um, I was doing a lot of photography here in Boulder. And I was actually I was spending a lot of time photographing a black bear. Uh, do you know Boulder well? I've been there a few times. Okay. Do you know Chautauqua, the Chautauqua area? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was actually, I was up on, I'm, I'm at Chautauqua now, but I was, up here on Chautauqua, and I spent some time photographing this black bear up here. Um, and I posted on Instagram. I posted a couple pictures on Instagram of this black bear. And, you know, I, I guess Namaste found out that I was doing photography, um, found me on Instagram, and then sent me a message. Because he saw the black bear photos. So he sent me a message through Instagram, and he was like, I want to talk to you. So I called him, and we were kind of like the first thing he said was like, "Yeah, if you're, he's like, if you're willing to get that close to a black bear <laughs> and, and, and photograph a black bear, I would love to work with you." Type thing. So you yeah. know, there's no real. I guess that was probably a, a good reason for him to want to work with me, but that that's kind of how we got in contact. Um, <laughs> so he actually wanted when we first started, he wanted me to shoot him a music video. And I was like, okay, you know, next time I get to Atlanta, I'll, I'll work with you and shoot your music video. A month into planning this music video, he gives me a call. And he's like, oh, you know, the music's not ready. We can't even do the music video anymore. I was like, ah, oh, sick. So um, I was like, you know, we'll just do a profile video. So we would, you know, just, just make a profile of Namaste as a hip-hop artist. I was planning this out. I was planning out the profile video, you know, trying to capture you know, him as a person. Um, and I was asking him, one day I was like, you know, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do on your free time type thing? So I can, like, plan shots. Um, and he says, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to pretty much say, like, you know, I, I like to skate and all that, you know, 
regular stuff, play basketball or something. He's like, I like to go out in nature and write songs. So I'm like, okay. You know, I, so I'm here in Boulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the Flatirons, and he's in Atlanta saying he likes to go out in nature and write songs. And yeah. I know that Atlanta doesn't have that type of, you know, outdoorsy spot. So I ask him, you know, you live in Atlanta. I don't really understand where you get to go out in nature and write songs. And he says, I just go out in my backyard and, you know, you know, find a wooded area to write some songs. Um, I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. I, I went to Atlanta in December to film his short video. Um, while we're there, we try to like, capture, you know, the, the natural type of him in the woods writing. We went out to his wooded area and tried to shoot some shots out there to see kind of like mama staying in the woods type, type shots. Um, yeah. but every single shot we, we got, it was him, you know, he was in the woods, but every shot had a building in the background. So we didn't use any of those shots because, I mean, it's kind of like all or nothing, right? So it's every, every, kind of like natural shot we, used, we tried to get there was a building in the background so we couldn't use those um, but while we were there while I was filming this project he kept suggesting like he, I didn't include this in the, in the film itself but he kept suggesting he wanted to come out to Colorado to film to film out here because he liked the mountains it was just kind of I was editing his films out here and I can you know I, I'm, my window can see the my window from my dorm I'm like looking at the flat irons so I had the idea, you know, just because I thought it would be cool to actually, you know, mix hip-hop in the outdoors. Just because just I thought it was cool. Just, yeah. Like, that mix is not something I've seen before. So I called him and I was like, you know, I, I, I would actually like for you to come out here and film some out here. So that's kind of how we got the idea started. Um, and then, you know, that, that was like the original idea. And like, you know, I don't know how many months, probably like three months of throwing ideas around, we decided, you know, we wanted to, you know, definitely do this and launch a campaign and get this started. I like it was it was more of a like we were planning this for a while, but it was it was more like planning. I realized that there, you know, with these films, we can use the influence of, of hip hop and make it cool to get outdoors type thing because it's like something I have a passion for is the outdoors and I, it's something that I think a lot of people in Atlanta don't recognize that it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of um, so I really wanted to you know have the idea that we can reach you know kids in Atlanta that were kind of like me where you know had no real experience with the outdoors but if they had the chance they would they would love it type thing that's interesting when you were saying about, talking about the video and then all of like to to hear Nama say talk about the outdoors and then just getting outside in his backyard and then yeah. you're looking at the flat irons and you're thinking like I mean me coming from Missouri that's kind of what I grew up with was I mean it wasn't exact I mean I mean it was a suburb but but so there was like some amount of wide open space but then moving to the west and seeing what it, what the Grand Canyon looked like and seeing mountains yeah. and things like that, it was like, yeah. wow, like this is a totally different <laughs> idea of the outdoors. Yeah. So then I started thinking about how, as a country, we conceptualize the outdoors and what it means and like what does getting outside mean to different people. And if you are mm-hmm. in a city and all you are, are are surrounded by buildings, and what, how do you, I mean, obviously there's this impulse or this, need to be in nature and there's some kind of a probably like a human nature that people seek and so for Namaste day it sounds like he gets inspired by sitting outside and so when you were doing the video you decided to you couldn't you said you couldn't use the shots because there were buildings in it yeah it was it was kind of like a personal thing to me is that we really want i i really wanted to capture him in like nature and like like you know kind of isolated nature and every shot had like a house in the background and it just didn't seem, you know, cool to me. It wasn't authentic, really. It was just like trying to force, force an environment that wasn't really there. I was actually, you know, how you when you when you say, kind of how people conceptualize nature and the outdoors. I mean, you know, everybody can have the wallpaper of, of Yosemite National Park on their on their computer, but unless you really get to see it, experience it, it's all just like romantic out there type thing. It's like. You know, it's cool, but it's somewhere out there. It's, it's like, not real unless you, like, really get to experience it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, like, um, so 
I mean, the authenticity, though, I think that I think it would have been cool to include. Personally, like I think it'd been cool to include the shots of the city because then you kind of see that, like, even when you're in a city, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, right? Like, yeah, a lot to someone, like, that is the outdoors in a way. Yeah, that is the outdoors. It's just a different, a different idea of the outdoors, and I think like a lot of the hype around our the quote-unquote wilderness culture and all the cool hashtags is that like we discount experiences of people who are living in cities who can't get outside, who can't afford to go outside in the way that, in the way that other, you know, basically in the way that like rich white people consider yeah, like, yeah. like going to the mountains, going to the sea resort. It's like, that's, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's so yeah, interesting that if, you pointed that out. If, if I, so, so with the profile video, we, we had like real, really no, like, the 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 goal of the real video had like really nothing to do with the outdoors. So if it right. did, if it was like more outdoorsy based film, then we probably would have you know made because that would have been a component of you know the outdoors to Namaste. But the video was just like you know about Namaste. But yeah, when it comes to like you know kind of including that perspective. Um, we actually plan to start shooting. So we, we, we fly out to Seattle on June 1st, um, spend June 2nd through June, what, 16th in the park. But we start shooting, um, on like, from like May 29th or May 30th. So we, you know, we capture, you know, their, their lives in the cities, kind of their perception, like their regular lives before we get out there. So it's like, you know, that transition really we're we're, going to capture. It'll be really cool to see what happens throughout the trip and everything. And then what what comes of it in the end and what the, so you, have you done a lot of traveling yourself or is Boulder kind of? Yeah. So so I, I actually, I, I, I travel. Well, most of my traveling has actually been international, but Uh I've done a lot of travel on the West coast. Well, on the western United States, um, but I actually haven't ever been to Washington, <laughs> so I'm yeah. actually getting a lot of help, like with the planning of the trip with people in Washington that you know have the experience yeah. um, to help us out because I don't have like that di- direct like Olympic National Park experience, but um, I do have a lot of experience in the outdoors, traveling and camping in these type of environments. And so then did you start getting out and camping once you moved to Colorado or? Uh... Well, it was, so what my, I think my first camping trip um, was on, you know, the ICO hiking trips in Atlanta. And, you know, that's kind of, so, so that's kind of, you know, how I really started to like the outdoors, started to like camping. When I, when I, I moved out to Colorado when I was 13 to go to a, a, a boarding school in Colorado Springs. And from there, that's, you know, it, it was it was you know it, it was kind of like overwhelming to me, um, moving from Atlanta straight to Colorado. Yeah. This, this should be the same for now. I'm saying Keelan, but one thing that really hit me, um, you know, we we flew straight from Atlanta to Denver, then drove from Denver to Colorado Springs, and the drive from Denver to Colorado Springs it was just like the whole time I was pretty much overwhelmed and in awe just about the landscape because everything was so different from Atlanta. So once, once I did get out to Colorado, I was pretty excited about everything. I did take that opportunity to just start, you know, we started camping. We, we, we kind of just took every opportunity we could to, <laughs> we, we kind of wanted to be like Nat Geo Explorers type of, type of you know, kids <laughs> with that type of, I don't know, that, that was our romantic, uh, idea of who we were. So every chance we got, we were pretty much up in the mountains and camping and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, in Atlanta, I knew for a couple months I was going to move out to Colorado because we got accepted into the school. So it was like, it was all cool. We could see, we'd like look up photos of Colorado and be like, wow, that's cool and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then when we actually got out here, it was like, well, <laughs> it was like, everything was like, so like, yo, know, it was, it was like, I don't know. It was like a dream kind of, it was like everything, like you wouldn't imagine these mountains would be so, so cool to like a kid that like grew up in Atlanta. 
just super grand and like everything was super cool. So it was like once we once I actually got out of here, everything was like magical. So it, it was like to me, I I just really you know would see all these like people on that geo like hiking through the mountains and doing all this cool stuff, which in Atlanta it looked super cool. But once we got out here, we realized we could actually do that. So we actually you know just started getting up there. You know, it was it was more of just you know not not really like you know, safe trips with just trips to like, just get out there and like, pretend like we're like, you know, bear grills or something <laughs> and just like explore. It was just like the exploration aspect is everything was cool. So we just like got out there and just, just, just explored pretty much. Yeah. And that's really, that's really what, you know, we're going to get out this project is the first time now I'm saying Keelan get to get out there and everything. We're going to be in the back country. So it's not going to be like, you know, touristy activities. Everything will be like just exploring the woods and the mountains and everything. Right. That's really what we want to capture. That's cool, yeah. What does the outdoors mean to you? What is the out? Uh, you know, I, I, so, so, you know, I was talking to someone about this and they're like, why do you think people need to get outdoors type thing? Like, why do people need to be connected to nature? Um, I don't really think that, you know, there's the, there's the, like, you know, scientific, you know, proven facts that the outdoors increases cognitive function and reduces stress. I think it's, like, a lot more than just that. It's, like, more, I don't, I don't know if it's, like, measurable, you know, gains from getting outdoors or, or being in nature. Because everybody should have at least a connection to nature. I think it definitely makes me feel good. I, don't, I haven't heard anybody that's said that they hate being at, well, maybe some people, but it, it's, it's something that I, I think everybody should at least have the opportunity to experience. It's like, you know, in, in my opinion, it's not, it shouldn't be like an access thing. It's like a, a right to, to, to a human being to be able to get outdoors and experience the outdoors. It's less of a, like, a privilege type thing. It shouldn't be a privilege, in my opinion. Right. And so in terms of, like, the privilege aspect of it, like, can you talk about that a little more? Well, that one, that, that really comes down to, you know, <laughs> the budget, the, the money in the budget for yeah. uh, adequate attire for us on this trip is $2,300. So that's not something, unless we're doing this film project, a lot of people aren't just going to, like, up and say, hey, let's, let's go do this, let's go camping in Olympic National Park. Well, it's expensive to do this type of stuff, right? So it's, you know, that's, that's the access part, the privilege part, is that it's easy for a lot of people. And then one thing, if if you if your friends don't do it, if your parents don't do it, and if you don't have the funds to get out there yourself, you know you're probably not going to get out there. If you don't have the incentive to get out there yourself, you know you're probably not going to get out there. If your favorite, if if you don't have the passion, I really with this project, I'm really trying to connect with the personal emotional aspect of the outdoors. So trying to create that like inner passion in kids. To like make them want to get outdoors in the future, um, but then again, there is the privilege aspect where it's expensive to do a lot of these things unless you live in a town like Boulder where you can just you know walk up to the mountains for free. But then Boulder is expensive to live in, <laughs> so yeah. it is you know it's it's a hard thing to tackle. But um, you know we're really just trying to you know this is something that you can't like tackle all at once. You have to like. You know, do it one pretty much one step at a time, and really, I, I I think a lot of people just don't have the incentive to get outdoors just because it's not cool. Um, right now, I just don't think it's very cool for any. You know, kids in Atlanta aren't like, hey, I'm going. You know, they're, 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 like I'm going to the mall this weekend just to walk around the mall and look at stuff instead of I'm gonna go on a hike this weekend type thing because it's just people go to the mall because it's cool. <laughs> But right. Really want to try to change that a little bit. Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I remember doing that when I was in high school and thinking, for many reasons, um, I mean, that, that, like, getting outside or doing anything physical was just, like, or in front of people, especially, yeah. was, like, not cool. And then going shopping and being being influenced by, like, our culture of consumption and, yeah. and technology. And then, so you've been a, how long, so when did you get into film? So actually, I've been, I've been doing photography, um, for, for like years. So, so I actually have been doing photography for, I don't know how long, 
don't know how long, <laughs> but um, yeah. this past summer actually started. I actually I, I saved up for a little bit to get this camera, the camera that I use now. Um, I saved up for I think like a few months to get this camera, and I got it for photography, and it has a video function. So this past summer, I just kind of I got it for photography, doing some photography, just kind of played with the video function a little bit. And then just you know, just gradually notice that I like to, I like to make videos a lot more. Well, not a lot more, but I just really like to make videos. So I kind of transitioned into more of the filmmaking aspect than the photography part. So That's filmmaking, cool. I got started pretty much like last summer. Wow. You've made a few films on your website. You've got like four and I watched them and they're all really nice. Like I was like, man, this this guy must go to film school. <laughs> no, I've actually, no, I've never, never taken any uh, film class or photography class. It's just, you know, I just play with my camera pretty much. <laughs> I just don't stop pretty much. So it's just, it's just, you know, just playing with a camera. I, what, what I really actually don't like about film class and photography class, the reason I don't take them is because a lot of times it's more like, you know, they're telling you what you should do to make a good film. So a good film has to have this and this and this, and this is bad and this is good and all that stuff. Which I really don't like to, you know, think about it. I just kind of do what I think is cool, right? So with this project, I wanted to mix hip-hop in the outdoors just because those are two things that I thought was cool, that I thought kind of needed to meet each other type thing. And then it morphed awesome. into kind of what it is now. But that's that's kind of how I, you know, where I'm at. <laughs> to a certain extent, if you're speaking the truth. Like, academia, I think, can really stifle creativity. Um, and yeah. so that's awesome. Yeah, I'm impressed with your videos. Um, like the Symphony One, is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like that one? You know, I I really I, did. I, I, I I I don't think I've I've gotten a good a good uh feedback on that <laughs> until really? until just now. You know, a lot of people did not like that one. I love but it. I liked it. It's probably my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That was actually my favorite too. I I really like that one. And I'll probably get back into that stuff later, but <laughs> right I now it's it. not as profitable yeah. as like the films themselves film studio where I can just, you know, I, I, I do really like the hermit-type lifestyle when it gets to working on films and music. So I, I kind of want to build a, a little studio so I can just lock myself in and do that. Yeah, having <laughs> but, a space um, is really important for creative work, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, you know, I guess I, I, I work pretty antisocially, so I do really just like to lock myself into a space have Definitely. some space to think without, you know, the influence of society, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I work, like to work. That's what I hope to achieve in the future to keep, you know, making pretty much what I, what I think is cool, right? Instead of like, you know, what, you know, Nat Geo or, you know. So I was actually, do, do you know, have you ever heard of Nature RX? No, I haven't. So Nature RX, they're a production in, here in Boulder. Um, and they make short, like commercial style, commercial style films about getting people outdoors. So it's like prescription nature to solve okay. your problem type thing. Um, but it's pretty funny. It's like a comedy. But okay. um, I was talking to the producer of that, and he we we're talking about how like the the outdoor like their films, their everything is like it seems. Like, everything's on a template now. Like, you know, the North Face films, the Patagonia films, they mm-hmm. all look the same. They're, like, all yeah. running the same, like, story. Everything looks the same. It's, like, the extreme, like, alpine guy on the slope that's having a bad time. Every, <laughs> it's, like, all <laughs> yeah. on a template now. Um, yeah. And really, we, you, that's kind of what I don't want to fall into is just making films on template style. Just it, it, what, what he says, what he says is it's like they, they, they're stuck. Like they, they ran out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, everybody like has this template where it's just like plugging shots in. Like, all right, you got to say this here and all that stuff. It's just, I think it needs something a little new yeah. to the like outdoor environment. Yeah, they haven't, like, or maybe it's just that they found the formula that works that gets people to uh, like yeah. it, to click on it. Yeah, and just, like, exactly. Consume it. It's easily, yeah. it's easy to consume. 
Yeah. It is, you know, when it comes to, you know, these companies that are making a profit off of these videos, it is more of, more of a, you know, we, we, this, this is what works and this is what we're going to keep doing until it stops working. Um, I think since it stops working when new ideas come to the table, but, you know, nobody's really offering anything. So yeah. That's kind of what what we want to do here is kind of, you know, put a new face on the outdoors instead of, you know, just having it, like, for that, like, extreme alpine guys. Just we want to have, like, goofy namaste out there trying to figure it out, like, <laughs> looking at, like, every squirrel pretty much, thinking it's, like, a bear or something. But, you know, making the outdoors, like, you know, a space for more people instead of just, like, you know, that one one extreme pool demographic type thing. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> what if he gets out there and he's just like a pro? He's just like, yeah. That would be crazy. I would be set up a tent for you. Like, what if he, <laughs> he's been doing he's his research. I haven't, even, I haven't heard that. I haven't. I haven't heard that. I'm, a lot of people have asked me like, oh, "What if he gets out there and he hates it?" And what if, I'm like, "Ah, oh, whatever." But what if he gets out there and he's a pro and he knows what he's doing? That would be <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wouldn't even know it's a you know our capture. I, we're capturing yeah. whatever happens, but that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> Through the previous projects that you've done and those videos that you did on your website, what? Yep. What are the things that inspire you the most? And what topics and issues do you try to convey, or what what topics inspire you? Uh, um, a lot of times, it's just I like playing with the cameras. I'm not gonna. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. I really just like to shoot stuff. So I, I I literally have I don't know I I filled up like all the space on my computer, all the space on a couple hard drives of just shots that I'm never gonna use. But I, I just really do spend a lot of time filming stuff. Like just stuff. Like yeah, it, the filming for that um that exposure. I mean, what is it, USA de facto film on climate change? Actually, yeah. I think I did like I don't know. I think I did like over twenty interviews for that, and only ended up using that one interview. That was Sam. Um, but it was it was more of just I just you know I just like like that flow of just going around and filming stuff. So a lot of my projects are just like the. The, just like the the best shot, no, not the best shot, but like the 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 best shot for that film that I could use there. But it's I don't know. If, I actually you know thought about making a a film called Extra Shots just because how many extra shots <laughs> I have. But um, <laughs> it, you know, obviously it wouldn't have any story to it. <laughs> it just like people walking around. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really think about any type of you know inspiration and that that changes you know you know one one day this is cool one day it's not it's more of just you know i, I just want to keep doing this type thing yeah it sounds like i mean the way you have to kind of distill what's necessary into a film sounds like poetry because you have to get rid of all the unnecessary clips yeah yeah and it's a lot i don't know i i for that usa de facto film i i i did i spent a lot of time like just like you know, I think at the end I I, ended, I put in like three shots of like the people at the train station. I think people on a plane and then people on a bus. Um, but I spent a ridiculous amount of time like just like sitting at like stoplights and like watching people like so many people just walking. There was a lot of just like BS that yeah. I had no reason to film. But <laughs> ended up getting those three shots out of all that other crap, right. pretty much. Totally. That's, I find that a lot. I write, and so, like, a lot of times, like, I wrote, like, four or five pages of poetry last night, and then I read through yeah. it, I was like, oh, my God, this is all crap, and then, like, <laughs> maybe, like, three sentences came out that were, like, oh, that's, that's decent, nice, nice uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I see that. I, I'm actually a pretty a pretty bad writer, so when, when I do write, I try not to, but when I do, I, I, I ended up, I, I always end up, like, you know, I, I I don't like to write, and then when I get started writing, then I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. <laughs> so I, yeah. I write I write a lot, and then I read over, it and I'm like, ah, oh, forgot forgot how bad I was type thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're both like film and writing and and all that. Like really, I mean, just the way that you can convey so much in each form 
in different yeah. ways. Yeah, you know, I, I recognize like the the effectiveness that literature can have on literature. Really, uh, in my opinion, just like plays on people's imagination. So it's it's just you know that that type of you know film you, you show people what's there but literature when you read it you know just, just everybody can get a different take on the same situation type thing so that's really where i think the strength is is including more of a literature aspect to a project yeah, like this definitely can you describe the outdoor industry from your perspective so living in boulder like moving from atlanta seeing seeing the different cultures like can you can you talk about that Mm, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, I'll, so I actually, I'm pretty broke myself, so I don't like, I don't, <laughs> I don't shop. So all this, all my outdoor gear I have, it's like, you know, a lot of Christmas presents over like years now. So that's kind of yeah. how I'm able to, you know, like, go camping and stuff. But when it comes to the, the industry itself, before this project, I, I had like pretty much no interest in the industry. I'm only really, I've reached out to a lot of companies and organizations for this project, and now it's like more. I don't really like it, but it's. I I really don't. You know, the industry aspect is a lot. A lot of it's like profit based. Like right. so that's kind of what I don't like about dealing with a lot of these companies and stuff. But um, the industry aspect is not something that I think is very. Important. It's more like the outdoors that that really matters. They just kind of like, in my opinion, just like making money off of what's already beautiful. But what I see in the in the industry is everything is pretty much uniform. And then like, you, know, you live out here in Colorado, you have a bike rack on the back of your Subaru type thing. And I think a lot of people can can fit that that um that kind of what is it that that demographic is this the outdoor the outdoor enthusiast it's just really uniform right now i don't think it should be as as uniform like yeah i think you know some some kid in atlanta could could have hiked a 14er but he's like chilling at the mall type thing like that that yeah. i think that should be a, a possibility instead of if you're an outdoor the person and you dress like an outdoor the person you have the life sparing lifestyle is, I guess, hiking, but have, like, everything around you is outdoor. Like, I, I think it should be a little, you know, diverse, right, instead of just as uniform as it is now. Right, and so why do you, like, in your opinion, like, from your perspective, like, what, what is it about the outdoors that prevents people from getting outside? I mean, so your, your the exposure film is focusing on multicultural urban use, and yeah. why don't, like, what are the barriers you know, I think I think it's you know mostly mental, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people think you know to spend you know how, how long are you gonna be out there? Like six, fifteen days out there, you have to have like a guide and you know the ten thousand dollars worth of gear and you know a wilderness protection certification, and all that stuff. And it's all pretty much mental. It's it's I guess a scary thing to get out there, and probably any profession that. You talk to probably so you do need all that stuff, but in my opinion, you can go hiking. I, I, the hardest hike I've ever been on was actually in Ghana in West Africa, and the guide was this, like I don't know, like a sixty-year-old man. He did the hike in flip-flops, <laughs> and it was more. It was, I was I was like in I guess my gear, and I was so struggling to get out there. And this sixty-year-old you know, man in flip-flops is like trying to like pull me up this hill pretty much um but it's more of like a mental thing like you gotta have this and you gotta have that and to be an outdoorsy person you have to you know do this and all that stuff it's more of a mental thing instead of you know the mountains are right there you you can anybody can go walk out here anybody can you know just get in their car drive to the mountains take a take a few hours to just take a walk right it's 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 more simple than i think it it's it seems to a lot of people yeah, I mean, yeah, in terms of, like, it being a mental thing, like, it seems like it's, I mean, I've done, like, it's a pretty white-run thing, like, the outdoor industry, it's all a bunch of, like, white, rich people getting outside for the most part, and so I've been doing yeah. a lot of thinking about race in the outdoors, and because, like, I mean, 
like I've been uh, I've also been reading Between the Worlds and Me. I mean, I just finished reading Between the Worlds and Me. Yeah, so it just brought up a couple of thoughts. Like it brought up some things that I was that I was thinking about, and then and then thinking about the exposure film. Um, it just uh, so it seems that like it won't just require multicultural urban youth to reimagine themselves and their relationship with the earth, but also mm-hmm. white people who dominate yeah. the space in the outdoors and really any space they choose to reimagine their ideas of people of color, their foundational thinking, you know, about their bodies and who who are not white. Yeah. I think I see a lot of people wanting to avoid being called racist, but no one is willing to admit that our culture conditions us to be racist. So yeah. inherently, we all have biases, sad as that may be, and, and it's tragic and it's deadly as it may be, and it causes us to see white bodies as more valuable, capable, and worthy. And so, yeah. like, I think that, I mean, I don't know, like, having, I've been seeing a shift, of course, you know, improvements have been made, but there's still so much work to do to shift cultural thinking about being a black body in this world and what that entails and the vulnerability yeah. that that entails and the violence and the trauma. I'm just wondering yeah. what your thoughts are on that. Well, it's uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually really, really so so I really don't like to you know really think about like the, the differences within like race and all that stuff. So when, when I when I moved out here to Colorado, it was more of like you know a hit in the face to like you know I, I grew up in like my little bubble in Atlanta. Came out here to Colorado. I think I was like one of what like the school I went to was like two hundred. 50, 243 kids. I think I was one of four black kids at the school. So, it was, you know, it was that hit. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, grew up around all black people. Now I'm, like, in front of all white people. Um, but it was it was more of, in my opinion, I, I really, like, try not to, you know, think about that stuff. Because I think when you do, when you do focus on that type of thing, it's, it can, you know, make it worse. Well, not worse. Because it's, it's, you know, the way people feel is, it's true, but um, I just don't think it's it should be something that people should be you know focusing on. What I really do want to do with this project is be able to. We're really actually focusing on a lot of the the less of like you know not to say the typical hip hop artist in like the typical outdoor space. You know, just you know, just typical typical stuff. And we we really want to like break down the demographics of it and make it. Like I want, I want, you know, the outdoor enthusiasts here in Boulder to be able to connect with Namaste on on, on a like a you know on a emotional level, as in like the the emotions that the outdoors can evoke out of someone. I want it to be more like, you know, them as core people instead of just like them as you know the black guys out there or like totally. the hip hop artists type thing. I'm really trying to break down all that all that stuff. Not focus on that in the films. Not say like. Hey, I mean, not 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 make it like the hip hop artists out there, but make it more Namaste out there exploring. I figure this is producer out there exploring more of the emotional aspect of them as core people instead of them as like the black guys out there type thing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. No, I think that's great. I guess I guess I'm just trying to like all things come to uh, it's kind of like like. Not really, not necessarily like focusing on the race aspect, but just kind of acknowledging it because of this history of oppression that our country has. It's like the barriers as to why, you know, people, I mean, if we look at cities and we look at how gentrified they are, I mean, and we look at how the demographics of the people who are able to get outside because it's an expensive thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. And is it, it is expensive to, to travel or... Or it is, or it is dangerous to go in in certain ways. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just not as easy to move around this country as. So, I mean, that's just kind of a fact. I think in terms of, yeah. in terms of like being. That's why I bring up the idea of like white bodies and the idea of being in a black body. Like, what yeah. are our cultural, culturally deemed definition of that? You know, or like, which is. I mean, it's complete bullshit, but, like, that's exactly what we're dealing with. And so um, I guess instead of, like, focusing on it, I guess I just tend to think about it and, and um, try to acknowledge it because cause that's what I feel like is missing in the conversation of the outdoor industry, and that's what people yeah. kind of whitewash over is that there's a history of oppression that results in not seeing people of color in these wide-open so-called free 
spaces. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's definitely like the reality, right? But then I think that's the reality. But then the also a reality is that it doesn't have to be like that, and it doesn't right. have to be, you know, all that you know walled up as in you know race and all that stuff. And I think that's you know we're talking about like you know the the expense to get out there. You know, we still I guess still live in America. So you know, if we reach a nine year old kid now and make him, you know, have the passion to get outdoors, it'll just be like. They, you know they're they're gonna take their step and they're, they're gonna if they really want it they're gonna get out there regardless of you know economical stuff you can you can make it pretty much I mean pretty much it'll be harder but you, you, you can you know achieve your dreams regardless if you have a passion for it you can I think a lot of times you can you can chase it and you can achieve it um, but we're really trying to just you know not make it as obviously that's that's the reality. But we we, we want to move forward from that instead of you know say you know this this is yeah I I don't know how to explain it it's just I don't I don't think it should be and it, it, just trying to move move away from less of that and just make it more you know concrete just getting people out there <laughs> just just trying to get people out there in the first place yeah yeah I think that there's definitely a lot of good that can be done by, by some of these. But I think, like, the project that you're doing is so cool because you're merging two things that seeming like that never really have been merged before. And yeah. And I think it's, that, that, in my eyes, like, making the outdoors, that's more, that's making it more accessible. Yeah, know? really just, like, trying to pull, like, you know, I think hip-hop's, like, the most influential music genre in the U.S., so we're just trying to pull that influence towards the outdoors. I think it's I think it's a pretty, you know, simple idea. I uh I was thinking like, you know, I don't know why a hip hop artist hasn't done this already. It's it's cool. I, I guess maybe they themselves haven't you know had the opportunity to get out here and it's not you know, when they go on tour they're not yet touring to like the mountains pretty much. They're pretty much staying in their cities. But um it's it's I, I think it's something cool. I think it's something that should have been done before, just because it hasn't been done, and it's like a pretty obvious, you know, disconnect right there, which I, I which I just think is cool. I think it should have been done before. I don't know why not. I think it's a simple, simple idea that you know should have been again. It should just should have been done before. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny when you have that. You're like, why hasn't this been done before? I mean, like it's just yeah. being so obvious. Like, <laughs> and then. Yeah, I mean it's definitely needed. I think um, the positive response you're getting is is because it's needed. Okay, so then you have this upcoming event happening about. Uh, are you? How are you involved in the REI Diversity in the Outdoors event? So I'm actually so I'm hosting that. Actually, kind of put that together, but um, how it's going to be? It's it's a really so so the audience is like you know, going to be members of outdoor companies and organizations who are trying to, you know, interested in getting more people outdoors. You know, a lot of it is, when it comes to companies at least, getting more people outdoors does mean more profit for them. So I guess that, that may be an, an interest to them. But um, we have a lot of, we have like four speakers. A lot of speakers are like young people, young multicultural people that, that are like new to it. And it's like more... Uh, bring new ideas instead of like so we had you know the the option to have like speakers from established firms in like the outdoor industry but instead we we're using like the younger speakers with the with the new ideas type thing to to bring that all like the new ideas towards the outdoor industry instead of just having like you know the circulating conversation of like oh yes we should do this and, <laughs> you know we were really trying to avoid that type of yes yes man type of dynamic and have it as a real uh-huh. conversation and like you know the the, the the dynamic will be well for speakers it'll be a, an engaged discussion between the speakers and the audience so not just like a lecture of the speaker saying hey we should do this we should do that and everybody's like oh yeah yeah t- type thing it'll be more right. of a, yeah the discussion of the the industry um and how we move forward type thing but that's the idea yeah. of the the seminar Okay, cool. Who are the speakers? Or who are the people leading? So we have, so we have uh, a speaker from Latino Outdoors. Um, her name is Chella. 
And then we have a speaker from this. This is actually is, is an Instagram account called Natives Outdoors. I think it was started like like two months ago, but it's like you know gotten a lot of a lot of um, excitement. And I actually met with this guy, the the, the host of the Natives Outdoors uh, Instagram account, um, and it, it, you know he started this t- two months ago. But he told me his story of kind of how you know as a kid, as a native kid, he grew up on a reservation. And getting outdoors wasn't really like a, it was, you know, you didn't have to plan. You just like, you know, get out there and like climb stuff. It was, it was less of like a, a structured thing. It was like, you know, everybody just got outdoors type thing. But he told me his, how he really got, you know, his passion for the outdoors. I think it's really, you know, those small, like, you know, grassroots, and then he has an idea to get more people outdoors, which we'll speak about there. But it's those grassroots, like, you know, passion based, um, passion-based approaches that really make the difference instead of like, you know, the established, you know, firm-based where like, you know, this this will make us more money type thing. Um, but really just trying to bring that real change or just trying to bring new, new like ideas to the, to the outdoor space. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because like, um, yeah, no, it's, just, it's so great. And like, obviously, like I totally excited see these organizations coming up and I, I'm also been I've been thinking a lot about how under underneath it all the bottom line is profit. So that's kind of like what you said and then it's interesting that that uh it's on yeah, like I mean the whole the whole key word of diversity is really like trendy right now. Yeah, everybody's talking about it, right? But no one, I was talking to someone, I think, that, that's at an outdoor organization. It's like, everybody's talking about it, but everybody's like, you know, stuck. Like, what do we do, though? <laughs> and yeah. like, we need to get more people outdoors, but, you know, what do we do? Kind of thing. I think, you know, I was, I was thinking about this last night. And I think, you know, I think the hip-hop environment, I, th- I think it's definitely, you know, an easy, an easy way to reach people. Um, but I think that may be a little like scary to a lot to a lot of people in these outdoor uh, companies and organizations where their main base is like the older white crowd, or not really the older white crowd, but the the white like outdoorsy community. And yeah. like you know, considering hip hop as the as the you know the way to get out to people, may like in a marketing sense, right? May be scary to them type thing. I was thinking about that. I don't know if that's true. I can't say that's, well, like, that's definitely true, but I think it may may have something to do. But I don't know, you know, what what effects the outdoors has on anybody else but myself. But I do know it's, like, you know, it helped me out a lot. Um, and it's had a, you know, very beneficial, uh, it's benefited my life a lot, and I think it could definitely benefit a lot more people's life a lot. And I don't, I don't understand. I, don't, I definitely think everybody should at least have a chance because it's a beautiful one. You know, just, that's, that's just one. And then it's the emotional aspect. So it's, it's a new experience pretty much every time. It doesn't really get old. You know, it's, it's like, you know, once you get out there, you want to return every weekend pretty much. I, like I said, it's like, it's like, you know, a right to be able to get outdoors type thing. It's like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, but everybody should be able to get out there. But I just think it's an, it's, a, it's an experience that everybody should have the chance to have. Yeah. I'm looking at a, a, a um, what's it called? I think they're called magpies. They're like playing on this hill right here. And it's just like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, I don't think it gets old. It's like nature, right? It's, I don't know. It's it's nature. It's it, it doesn't really get old. It's nice to be out here. Well, I, I guess I've always just had the interest in, you know, nature pretty much. I don't know. I, I feel like this is like where I'm supposed to be. Well, that's like more philosophical, but it's like you know, this is a good place for me to be at this point when I'm outside. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a. I think it's like a human passion to feel at least a little threatened or you know, risk in your life. Um, what I've what I thought was funny, um, growing up in Atlanta, you know, you would see like these North Face explorers are like hiking Mount Everest, having a terrible time, and then you know, kids in Atlanta would be like, "Why are white people so crazy? Why do they want to do that type of stuff?" Um, I think there is an element of kind of like, you know, you know, getting that type of risk in your life and like that type of excitement of the risk and the hardships that really does make an experience. 
I think in Atlanta, I didn't really connect as well because probably, you know, lives are pretty risky as they are already. So nobody's like, hey, let's, you know, go. I, I don't, this is kind of like my philosophy of this. So I don't know if this is like true or what, but it's kind of like, so I forgot the question again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, you're on a roll. I mean, oh, you're, the, you're, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're on. You're on a roll. You, you said, "What was it? You know, why? Well, why well, are we doing you, this?" You were just talking about how, like, you know, uh, kids in the city would have been like, "Why? Why seeing North Face explorers think to themselves? Why are people? Why are people so crazy? They're risking their yeah. lives, you know." And then you got to the point that, like, maybe living in poverty prevents you from being able to have that experience because your your life is already so risky. Why would you want to go? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's exactly. I think there's all the, there's always that, like, I guess, a bit of a drive towards, you know, that nobody wants to have, I mean, everybody talks about it. They want to have a perfect life, but that's not very satisfying, I don't think, to people. Um, but with this project, we're actually, you know, so, you know, we can cut out, you know, as much risk as we want, pretty much, so we can say... You know, day one, we're going to be here. By day three, we're going to be on this bridge line. And by day four, we're going to be at the car type thing. But um, how I'm doing this to introduce kind of more risk, the more adventurous side of the project, is we're going to go out um, into Olympic National Park. There's a backcountry trail called the High Divide. So we're going to go out on the High Divide, um, stray off trail a little bit, set up a base camp with all our tents and all our camp gear and stoves and stuff. And then from there, we'll spend a few days up there. And every day, I'll pretty much be like, you know, namaste, Keelan, what do you guys want to do today? Whatever they decide, we're going to do. It's more, it's less of, like, I'm the guide, you know, telling them, like, hey, we're going to do this today, you know, follow me. Like, it's less of that. The plan is actually to keep them as ignorant as possible about the outdoors until it spends our safety. Um but just it would be really just them figuring it out, them exploring it's their adventure instead of just like, you know, them on it, having a guide as in like me saying like, all right, guys, we've got to do this today or like that type of thing. It's just them. It's their adventure. Really trying to stress that that aspect. So wherever they if they decide, you know, hey, let's hike that mountain, and there's like glaciers on that mountain. I, I'm just following them with a camera. <laughs> it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, whatever they decide to do, I'm just following them with a camera. I think <laughs> we're gonna be out there in the park. June's a bad time for weather, apparently. I've been out there, but apparently, no, this June's a notoriously bad time for weather in the park. So we're gonna have a, you know, we're gonna have those rough times. Everybody's gonna be uncomfortable, but we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be exposed to the outdoors, to the realities of the outdoors. And then there's a you know, camera piece, but that's more with yeah. photography and <laughs> <Right>. film. <laughs> But um, but yeah, that's that's the idea. What's the time frame? Like, when do you need? Oh, so we have. I think we have. I think ten days left, and we have ten thousand dollars off to raise. So okay. that's you know, so we're really actually putting a lot into this. I think we have like a hundred twenty people signed up for the seminar. So hopefully, like you know, sixty to seventy people show up. Really, you know, putting a lot into using that crowd to get the word out even further and pull a lot of funds from that. But, you know, it's looking it's looking pretty tough right now to see how many funds we can get. I mean, I, honestly, I just think it is this piece that this hasn't, you know, we haven't reached in the, enough people on this project. And the campaign itself, I don't think, you know, you can really tell much about the, the I guess, emotional aspect of the project unless, you know, you talk to me Never know. We we actually booked the tickets already, so the trip's happening, and we're gonna cool. film it. I have a I have a camera, so we're gonna <laughs> if we awesome. aren't able, you know, definitely. So we, we raised four thousand dollars. So if anything, we're gonna rent a nice camera for it. We not have all the camera gear that we want, but we're gonna make it happen regardless. Yeah. It's gonna be showed at film festivals, so you do need to ha- make sure like everything's like you know high quality and stuff like that. But that's that's pretty much the budget right now is the adequate gear and stuff to make this a successful film project. Yeah. So did you did you reach out to REI? Do you have to like go and like go to the store and talk no, to No, REI's been a little bit of a a a, a you know, tough tough 
tough one to reach. They've actually, with this event, um, I don't, I don't know what's up with REI. They, they seem like, yeah, I, I think this would be a great project for them, but they seem like, I don't know, they've been like really tough on, you know, providing real support for it. Even with the event, we're hosting it at REI, and they've just been like super tough on us, um, just like getting the event done and getting it done smoothly. Um, but I think, you know, at the event, they're going to be there. So I think, you know, once we talk about it, they can, I think this is something that they'll be very interested in. I'm honestly not looking too much for sponsors because I don't really like sponsors because they, they kind of really limit a lot that yeah. you can do on camera. And you're like, all of a sudden you're representing a brand and you can't say this, you can't do this and all that, all that stuff. Right. Something right. I'm not very interested in. Totally. Really just, uh, that's, that's really why we did uh, do the crowdfunding is that we didn't want, you know, like just one brand, like it to be like an advertisement of like product placement, all that stuff. This, you know, it's the outdoors. We want to make this this film like authentic instead of like right. you know an ad, an ad, pretty much. That's awesome. I really admire that. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But so, why has it been so difficult to work with REI? Ah, oh, <laughs> I don't what, know. Like, what were the hoops or whatever that you? It, it was, you it was to, like, with this event. Um, one thing we we really wanted to have, like, you know, this is kind of small stuff, but it really, you know, yeah, it can make or break. Not really, but it can yeah, make uh, an event better. But we really wanted to have like nice appetizers at the event, um, and then like we could only have. They just told us we're going to only have uh, individually packaged food at the event so we can only have like basically a bunch of cliff bars and like I, I sent them an email asking if we could even have fruit so hopefully we can have fruit at the event um <laughs> it's not you know too bad but um and then and then it comes to you know the the latino outdoors has a partnership with rei so that's how we got the room at rei um but the event is organized and hosted by me so once i put up this stuff um I made the event webpage and all that stuff. And it was just, you know, originally hosted by filmmaker and Aziz. And they're like, oh, you know, we can't have the event if it's just hosted by you. It has to be hosted by Latino Outdoor. So, you know, we have to change that stuff. That's a, they're like, they, 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 they threatened to, you know, close the event if we didn't, uh, take down the Facebook page because they wanted the event to be private. I don't know why they would, so I don't understand why, but they're, they're just super stingy about, you know, and this has to be a private event. So we had the Facebook page for the event, and that's really, I think, like, at least 75% of our registrations came from the Facebook page. And, you know, one of the ladies was like, you know what, you can have the event here only if you take down the Facebook page and all these other, like, stuff, um, like, requirements. Huh. And uh, we didn't we didn't take down the Facebook page. We just like put up like this is a private event. Um, please register if you plan on coming. But you know they were very they really want us to take down the Facebook page. It seemed like you know why that's like the only way we're gonna get people there pretty much. Um, but whatever we we didn't take it down. They were still having the event. Um, luckily, but yeah, it was just like small stuff like that that. I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's like protocol or whatever, but I don't know why, you know, they have to be so difficult with that. Yeah. But it was actually, I was, it was very worrying because actually, um, before that, I had done a lot of the, like, gotten the word out about the seminar to a lot of people. So a lot of people were like, you know, planning on coming and heard about it. And right. they threatened to, you know, say, hey, we can't have it. You know, after all these people are already excited about it, they threatened to cut it off um, just because small stuff like that. But whatever, we'll, That's so we'll weird. talk to them when we get there, and hopefully they'll change their mind about how they want to come at it. And so basically you're kind of just looking to get a bunch of people together and, like, talk about what it, like what people's ideas of diversity the outdoor mean. Yeah, just trying to get people together and talk about, you know, it's, it's, so we have four speakers and they're all speaking to different bases of diversity out in the outdoors. Like I said, we have the Nat Latino outdoors, natives outdoors, um, then it was what? It was, was the, the producer of Nature RX. He comes at getting people outdoors through, uh, through comedy. Um, but he's actually very part, he, you know, his, his comedies, are, I think like, 
not really, but mostly like white people in the outdoors, like the kind of general thing. But um, he's actually very passionate about getting more people, like diverse people, into the outdoors. It's less about you know hiking and stuff, and just like connecting to nature. But he'll be speaking, and we'll all be speaking to different aspects of getting more people outdoors. All all have our different ideas of how we can get more people outdoors. Like the natives outdoors guy, last time I met with him, he was actually coming up with his own project type um, that has to do with Native Americans getting into the outdoor recreational space and like being represented in that space. Um, and then this, the Nature RX guy, he's, he's starting a new project called Nature RX Kids, where he really targets, you know, kids and parents to one for, for the kid to want to get outdoors through the college stuff and the parent to want to take the kid outdoors. So it's, it's a lot of, the speakers will be speaking to different aspects of getting people outdoors and different kind of different bases, different ideas of getting more people outdoors. So it'll be more of a conversation on more effective ways of getting more people outdoors instead of, you know, like I said, instead of like the lecture of like, you know, this is what you guys should do and this is yeah. Time, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad I got to talk to you before all this happens. Like, now it'll be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on the meeting, and then it'll be, like, later maybe it'll be cool to talk, and then you can, I mean, definitely I want to know what happens after the, <laughs> the trip. Okay. I'm so excited for you. Like, seriously, this is so cool. Thank you. And we yeah. will definitely, you know, keep in contact with as, like, things develop. And, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I'm still right. like, I'm still a freshman in, in college, right? Yeah. In school. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is more just like a cool project for me. I'm still right. you know, just trying to get this project done. And then well, we kind of have to, you know, so I, I do, you know, we can, you know, drop out of college and just focus completely on this. But I do want to finish my degree yeah. and get that stuff. Um, yeah. So it's like basically it kind of depends on what time I have um, after this project. And I kind of just took the advantage now because I'm a freshman and have a lot of time on my hands so I can do this stuff. Um, but it depends. It depends on how my schedule is pretty much. Yeah, well, that's anything, awesome. I, I, I spend all my free time doing this anyway. So if anything, I'll be doing – I mean, I'm definitely going to be doing projects. It depends on scale because with this project at least, you know, I haven't even gotten started on the project itself. It's just like – the whole you know, kind of months I've been working on it is just getting funds for it. So it's right. hopefully I, I really don't like doing this. So hopefully we in the future we can just you know work with the gear that we have and with the resources that we have and just do projects that way. Probably right. how it will work out. So it'll probably be like smaller scale stuff. At least while I'm still in college. Then from there we can you know talk about years in the future type thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I didn't even realize you were just a freshman in college. I mean, you're so ambitious. <laughs> like, it's cool to, like, yeah, it's really cool to talk to you because you're so young and, like, just taking on a project like this, I mean, that's really cool. And, like, you're so talented with film. Like, those films are beautiful. And Thank you. I'm just really excited to see what comes of this project and everything that you do. Thank you. Yeah. And it was very nice to talk to you, too. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, have a really awesome day, and then I'll definitely let you know when I finish editing the recording, and, like, I'll take out all the awkward pauses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, too. Peace. Have okay, a good day. Bye. You, too. Bye. <laughs>